Hey, good morning. Welcome to Mornings with Mac. And uh, I hope we have no technical glitches today. So get your copy of God's Word and get your pen and get something that you can take some notes to, uh, on because we're coming to a psalm of lament that every one of us can identify with, especially the opening words that are here uh, will identify readily with David. He comes and he says, how long, O Lord? You ever been there? You ever said that? Has that ever been a, a cry of your heart? Listen to verse one and verse two. Let me just read these. And what you have here is you've got several uh, different uh, grammatical forms. Erotesis is one of them. An erotesis is when you ask a question and then you ask the next question without waiting for an answer. So here are a series of questions. In fact, just notice this. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I take counsel in my soul, soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? That's also um, anaphora. When you use the same word repeatedly uh, in, in consecutive sentences, how long, how long, how long, how long? You can hear the plea of his heart. You can you can hear what he's what he's. You can literally hear what he's feeling when you read this. These are interrogatives, by the way. That is, these are questions that are being asked. So grammatically, David is putting you literally uh, where he is, and it, it's so clear, it's so moving, uh, you, you hear his feelings. You can experience his feelings. The first of all, it deals with his feelings of abandonment. He feels like, I've just been abandoned by God. How long, O oh Lord, will you forget me forever? See, he's answering his own question, really. How long are you going to forget me forever? Well, that's how long, forever. God, you've just abandoned me. And how long will you hide your face from me? Um, let me stop here because what I want to say to you is this. I want you to think of Jesus that night in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he leaves eight of the disciples in one place, he takes three more of the disciples with him a little closer, and then he's going to go about a stone's throw away from them but he tells them this, wait here, watch, pray. Those are the three things. He goes off and he's in agony praying. And he wants to know, you know, Father, if it's possible, can this cup pass from me? He's there in agony. He goes back. He finds the disciples there asleep. He wakes them up and he tells them, listen, watch and pray. He goes back to pray a second time. And he comes back the second time. They're asleep. He wakes them up again and he tells them, watch and pray. He goes away then for the third time and he comes away. He feels total abandonment. Now what Jesus was most concerned about, the cross, was not his dying. It was the abandonment of the Father. You remember when we started this, uh, a week before Easter, we, we looked at those seven sayings of Christ from the cross and the cry, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? He felt abandoned by the Father. That was his greatest concern. And he's experiencing some of that in the garden already. 
So he feels abandoned. You've ever felt abandoned by God? God, where are you? Why aren't you here? How long is this going to keep going on? Um, I, I call and I call and I call. I pray and I pray and I pray. And I don't sense that you're anywhere around. He felt abandonment. Uh, then he felt abasement. He, he felt this, uh, this abasement that he couldn't be put down any lower than he was. How long must I take counsel in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all the day long? I can't go any lower than this. How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? He said, my enemy is up over me. Now, here is the situation of David. We've looked at the Psalm of Lament, Psalm 3, the Psalm of Lament, uh, the seventh Psalm. Uh, Those were when David was fleeing Absalom. This goes back earlier to when David was fleeing Saul. So he looks back at how Saul was continuously dominating him, trying to be exalted over him, trying to put him to death. Now, all of this, that's the first section of this psalm, and it's all about sorrow, his sorrow. Now you come to the second section, and it's going to be verse 3 and verse 4, and this is his supplication. First two verses are his sorrow. This is his supplication. Now, let me tell you, this is where the whole psalm... It turns right here. It turns at this point because this is a deliberate prayer on David's part to God. Now watch, he's going to begin to describe his emotions. Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. He goes from the interrogatives in verse 1 and verse 2. Now he comes to the imperative. And the imperative is, is, consider and answer me. Oh, Lord, now watch this, my God. I've got a little circle around that personal pronoun, my, right there, because that shows me the beginning of a shift in David's thinking. He's re, he is appealing to God's relationship with him. They're in covenant relationship with each other. Just like you and I, if we know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, we're in covenant relationship with God. He says, consider and answer me, O Lord my God, lift up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. He's not, he's saying this. He's saying, I'm so emotionally drained right now that I I don't think I'm far from death. Have you ever felt that way? You just were so emotionally wiped out, so emotionally drained that you felt like it can't be any worse to die. In fact, it may be better. Well, that's where he is right here. He's at that point of just saying, God, I can't take any more emotionally. But now he's appealing to God and the relationship that he has with God. Verse 4, here come his enemies. Lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Now, let me tell you, all of this has been David mastered by his emotions. Right here, he's going to begin to nail his emotions uh, to his relationship with God. No longer am I going to let these emotions whip me, carry me, drive me, uh, determine what I'm going to think, how I feel, what I do. He's going to begin to get some 
some control here over his emotions, lest my enemies say I have prevailed over him, lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Now, let me, let me point out something to you that is absolutely fascinating to me. In six verses, David uses the personal pronoun 19 times. 19 times he uses that personal pronoun. Uh, I, me, my. You, if you read this, it is just, it just like the ringing of a bell constantly through this. Con, consider and answer me, O Lord, my God. Light up my eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest my enemies say, I have prevailed over him. Lest my foes rejoice because I am shaken. Well, he comes here in this, this whole beginning uh, to turn now his dependency onto God. And in doing that, he moves away from being so emotional. You will discover that. <coughs> Excuse me, my coronas is acting up. It's out here with all this pollen. Now, let me take you to the third thing. Now, watch. Verse 5 and verse 6 is the song of confidence. But I have trusted in your steadfast love. This is God's salvation in his life. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. Now watch, here comes the second part, is God's sufficiency. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. There is the sufficiency of God in his life. Now do you know what you, do? You, know what you begin to see here? David's circumstances do not change. He's still being hunted by Saul. He's still running from Saul. He's still hiding from Saul. His circumstances has not changed, but David has changed. Why has David changed? Because God hasn't changed. I just want to shout right there. My circumstances do not have to change for me to change. My circumstances don't have to change for me to change. Because when I begin to realize God doesn't change, he's the God who has cared for me all of these years. He's the God who has watched over me all of these years. Let me close with this. It just kind of popped in my mind. Polycarp was the great old preacher who was hauled in. I believe he was brought in before um, the emperor Um, I want to say Hadrian, but I can't remember right now, so don't hold me on that. I believe it was Hadrian. And they wanted him to repent. And they wanted him to recant his faith in Christ. They said, you either recant or we're going to burn you to death. We're going to put you in the fire. He said, put me in the fire. He said, that fire won't burn but once. <laughs> in, insinuating that the fire that uh, the emperor would be going to would burn eternally. But he said this, he said, these 80 and some odd years I have followed him, he has never, ever let me down. And I will not recant my faith in him now. You see, your circumstances don't have to change. In fact, your circumstances can get worse, but you can change. And it's when you realize my God never changes he delivered me then. He's delivering me now. He will deliver me in the future.
God bless.